0: Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team and I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Andy Watkins. This week we look back on a tough away day at Leeds which was ultimately decided by that debatable spot kick. We'll be getting Mr Sinton's verdict on that one. We also look ahead to this weekend's home game with Middlesbrough as the frantic festive fixtures... Really gets underway. On top of that, we'll also be catching up with defender Darnell Furlong. It's all right here on The Loftcast. Okay, thanks for joining us. Well, let's start then with uh, Saturday's game at Leeds United. Ultimately, a narrow defeat, but there was so much more to it than than simply the the 2-1 loss and no points on the road. Since, first of all,
1: getting your thoughts on, on the game overall well it was always going to be a a tough very difficult game you know Leeds going really really well uh, best home record in the league uh, that tells you how hard the game was going to be but uh, you know after a, what i felt a, a difficult first 10 minutes where Leeds really came out of traps and you know put us under a little bit of pressure i thought we acquitted ourselves really really well almost to the point we are, up till half-time, it, it was almost a perfect away performance. But uh, overall, I think we come out with a lost-the-game. Disappointed with that, uh, but we came out with a hell of a lot of credit.
0: Yeah, there's a, a very specific game plan from Steve McClan. We've seen it before where it was almost in, in, in simpleton form, and I, I'm good at speaking in, in simple terms. Um, it seemed that QPR were happy for Leeds to have it in certain areas.
1: Is, is How would you view the game plan? Yeah, 100%, I think. Um, we went with an obvious game plan, and I think the game plan was, um, you know, to to sit into the degree and frustrate and contain. That's not to be ultra defensive, but you know, um, block holes, try and silence that big partisan crowd, and look to hit them on the break with, you know, getting the Berriazzi in that spaces between the lines, and certainly using Naki's pace and movement in behind.
0: And what uh, we've we've certainly got the the capability going forward to catch teams on the break. Not only the the, the ability of Naki Wells, but you've got the pace of Pavel Shoek, the creativity you mentioned of Abir he Also, Luke Freeman, he can get the ball moving forward quickly in, in the opposite end and exploit areas. It's become a, a, a real style of our play, a real identity to our play. And you can almost get the feeling QPR fans see that. And when we do break the play up, they know what's coming as much as the QPR players do. And it worked perfectly for the opening goal, didn't it?
2: Yeah, exactly that. And um, that was sort of nothing. But I think, yeah, as you say, that was exactly the, the game plan. I know Steve alluded to afterwards saying that was how we planned to score as such. And, you know, it was just a you know a ball sort of downfield from, from Angell, which you would think was just to kind of relieve the, the pressure. But then Naki's got in between, you know, two defenders and made it look incredibly easy. But it took it so well to sort of get get round one and then nick it past um, Jansen for the second and then just I think you know spoke about it afterwards he kept it on his left foot knew exactly what he was doing completely cool and composed and then just tucked it away nice as you like in the bottom corner and um, I think given the the uh, <laughs> The uh, fair bit of stick he was getting. I think he enjoyed that one as well. You could see that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he certainly did. Um, and it, it was a very good finish from Nackie Wells. He's now got four in eight. It's almost a lifetime ago now where we were willing him to get that first goal. And he's actually spoken about it. And he said that in his career, he's always gone through gluts, whether that be a glut of goals or a period of not scoring. But over the course of a season, he does get his fair share. And like I say, four in eight now, he's, he's really finding his form.
1: He's a quality player, uh, with a proven proven record. And not listen, all strikers will have a period where they'll go five, six, seven games without a goal. I think in those periods you find out more about the the team player and Naki Wells, whilst he wasn't scoring, I thought he was excellent. You know, I came on this sort of platform and on commentaries and was singing his praises. Now he's getting the goals uh, to add to that. Uh, and as I say, he's a proven he's a proven player at this level. He's a proven goal scorer. And just picking up on Watto, the the goal he scored the other day, um, he's got a hell of a lot to do, you know. In the game plan, many people might have thought it was a, a, a punt up the field from Angel Rangel, but if you look where Leeds were defending, they were right up to the halfway line, so they're leaving a lot of grass in behind. The ball's played by Angel. And It's dropped into an area. Naki's still got so much to do. Yeah, they, they the centre backs don't deal with it particularly well. But what I like, once he got himself into that position where he's ready to shoot and he sees the whites of the goalkeeper's eyes, he just stays really calm and cool and composed and just bends it into the bottom corner. It's a great finish and a great team goal and you can see Steve's reaction on the side. Nothing better for when a manager or a coach and you're working for a certain thing towards a Saturday and it comes off. And uh,
0: you mentioned Angel Rangel's clearance or, or ball up, up the field. Is that something that is worked on in training as well where it's not only about getting the ball forward but the area to go to so Naki knows already where that pass is going before Angel's even played
1: it yeah without a doubt the, the, they'll have gone through um, things if you win the ball in certain areas you know this is your this is your eight ball um, you know and straight away Naki's on the shoulder A Carbon Phillips gets the wrong side of him still got a lot to do um, you know Johansson doesn't deal with a particularly great but the rest is then a Naki wonderful finish
0: and uh, the what was one of the two turning points, and Stephen Clarence spoke about this afterwards, Watto has just been unable to get to half-time. We were literally <laughs> counting down the seconds. <laughs> yeah. that we, we all knew how important it was to try to get in at half-time, 1-0 up at Ellen Road, and we came within 30 seconds. We were 30 seconds away from the end of the added-on time um, at the first half, and it, it was a, a big moment.
2: Yeah, it was... Um... Yeah, incredibly frustrating because as we have said the game plan had worked perfectly up to that point we'd sort of soaked up the pressure in the first 10 minutes got our noses in front and then Leeds didn't really weren't threatening you know they were having a lot of the ball which we all expected as they would um, the crowd I think were you know sort of resigned you know we're going to have to go in behind at half time we're going to need a big second half and then they put the board up for, for three minutes and it just had that feeling that we need to get through this Mm -hmm. because you know with as you said you know the big crowd and suddenly yeah we were counting down the seconds because it's just right just soak this up get it get rid and they were just pumping sort of aimless balls in the box and then it's just broken to I think it was Hernandez on the 18 yard box and he's just kind of a bit of a toe poke Mm -hmm. and it's just from from, from, from where we were sitting sort of fortuitously landed at Kimar Roof's foot who's in the end, got a, a simple finish from you know four or five yards, and it was just yeah. You thought okay, it's one-one, but yeah, you just had that feeling that that's gonna you know obviously they're gonna get, suddenly now be going in a half time g'd up, you know they're back in it, and then can can come out you know all guns blazing at the start of the second half.
1: Yeah, just picking up on water, that felt a bit for us at that key stage because the two phases just before that, Tony Leichner does great to win the header you know, it goes to the edge of the box, Maslowonga throws himself in front of a, yeah, a shot. great block. Yeah, so, you know, the, the the bodies are on the line, it falls to the edge of the box, and, you know, credit that Rufi's just made a little movement away from Tony that Gets a death finish, but, uh, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was a big, big uh, key point of the game.
0: It was, and I know the uh, Ellen Road faithful were getting a little bit wound up by uh, QBR's approach, and we were certainly in no rush to be taking any, goal kicks or throw-ins, and you raise your eyebrows there since as if to say, and why would we? And I suppose that's a—it's an important part of football. You've spoken previously about certain managers who have said, you know, if, if the game's going
1: against us, one of you go down and just kill the game? Yeah, interrupt the flow. You know, you're going to Leeds, have already said. You know, they're going great. Uh, you know, huge club, well-supported, best home record in the league. you go to Ellen Road, you're, you're going to take the sting out of the game. Mm. You're going to take... That's it, as important as any... T- tactic, isn't it? Yeah, that yeah, that yeah.
0: element, knowing that you have to have
1: that approach. And you know, it shouldn't need the coach or the manager to to tell you that you should know as a player, you know, we're going up against a tough team today, first 20 minutes, go. don't be in any rush to take I'm not talking about taking liberties, mm. and you know, taking an eternity, because that's gonna probably come back and bite you in the backside, or it's gonna be added on anyway. But you know, just steady yourself, no rush, compose yourself, quiet in the big crowd if you can, to a degree and build your way into the game. And we did that really, really well, certainly.
0: And if that winds up the, the opposition and the opposition's fans, is that a, is that a Brucey bonus?
1: bonus and bring it on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay well, um it was almost the perfect uh, first half but for that late leveler. Um and then the, the second half early in the second half the the big talking point and it proved to be the difference between the two sides that penalty decision came roof and Tony Leisner battling for the ball. Um from my vantage point it looked like had just got his body in the way to shepherd the ball back towards Joe Lumley. Roof has turned around, appealed for a penalty, as has the stand behind Joe Lumley's goal. And the referee has duly given a spot kick. Since you were, as always, on QPR Plus commentary duties, what were your thoughts?
1: Well, first of all, I think Steve and the players will be disappointed. That's a long, hopeful ball through the centre of the pitch so that there's there's a little bit of an issue. But to give the penalty, I straight away looked at the position of the referee. Now, from where I was, he had to look through I think it was Josh Scowen mm-hmm. was right in front of him. Tony Leichner's almost got his back to him. Kamar Roof is facing Tony Leichner to a degree. Um, I'm not... Well, he cannot, that referee, cannot be 100% sure where it's, it's struck Tony Leichner, if indeed it has. Uh, yes, Roof appeals straight away. couple of the Leeds players appeal straight away. You get the big roar from behind the goal. You're going to get that anyway in yeah. any decision. But that referee, I think there must be choosing what I say carefully. I think there's a, a bit of guesswork gone into that. And you kind of guess. If you're unsure, you cannot give it. And it's gone against us.
0: Yeah. Um, and then um, came our roof. It, it, Julie took a, a well-taken penalty to to prove to be the difference between the two sides. Um, late on, as QPR pressed for equaliser, probably the big chance fell to Naki Wells. Excellent work. Watto by Angel, Rangel down the right, he cut inside, he laid it back for for Wells and you'd have to say, if that was to fall to any player on the pitch of yep. a QPR persuasion, you'd probably select Naki Wells for what you said in the first half since in terms of how cool he was, how composed he was with the finish, you'd back him nine times out of ten to score there.
2: Yeah, yeah it was disappointing because like you said, Angel had done really well to, to get to the byline and then... I think sort of dragged it back, beat his marker, and then suddenly he's trying to pick out pick out the player, and then Naki's made you know done all the all the work. He's made room for himself about ten yards out, and it looked yeah. We didn't at, at the time didn't see it was it was Naki because the finish. I thought oh you know it was a you know it looked like a midfielder or anything. Naki that had fallen to Naki, and it was Naki. And after the composure he shown for the the first goal, um, you know you would have backed him to to do the same, but. Unfortunately, on that occasion, it went over, and it turned out to be probably you know the, the best chance we had but credit to the the lads you know it was us who were putting the pressure on leads you know the game wore on, and um I can think of with Jake with that sort of sort of managed to adjust his feet about twenty yards out and almost looped in yeah. The keeper did well in the end just to, to tip it over but and I can think of of bright you know had, a, had an impact when he came on and was bursting down the right and put a couple of of balls in looking for for Matt Smith who as usual got the the usual service from the defenders and and no decision from the referee so yeah well it's worth mentioning that as yeah. well
0: since it was a big penalty appeal for for Matt Smith and considering the penalty that was given against us there's a
1: fair shout there wasn't there yeah. he seems to be manhandled no doubt it's definitely a shout and sometimes you see with Matt it, it, it happens quite a lot you know whether his size goes against them I don't really know but for me um saying something quite controversial. I think that if that's at the lead's end, mm. I think that might get given. Now that's hypothetical, yes yeah. I know. When you've but, got
0: 30 plus thousand, yeah. you're talking about the, the home advantage, yeah. as in 30,000 people screaming for the penalty. It can, it's only human nature for it to sway your opinion potentially.
1: Yeah, so I think it was definitely cause for a shout. I would have liked to see us appeal a little bit more on the pitch. I know maybe in this day and age, you know, you're told to keep away from the referee, but. Uh, They're
0: probably fed up of seeing Matt Smith get nothing there yeah, because exactly. they don't want to waste their voices. So, yeah, no,
1: definitely definite shout for me, but, you know, we we pushed and probed towards the end of the game. What was mentioned, Jake's lob, you know, Naki had that cross shot where he flashed it across the, the goal. Um, just wasn't to be on the day, but I think we come out of that game, yeah, disappointed to lose it.
0: And one of the other talking points afterwards was that the. Injuries to Angel Rangel and Jeff Cameron. As we are recording at this moment in time, we don't know the nature of those injuries. Steve McLaren was asked after the game up at Leeds and he said it's too early to to say whether they'll be fit for Saturday's game against Middlesbrough. Jeff Cameron has since posted on social media a a photo of his foot, which looked fairly badly damaged by the injury he picked up and Rangel was unable to finish. We actually finished the game with 10 men because he had to come off a couple of minutes before the end. Um, big blows potentially to, lo- to lose to those as players and in terms of their voices and experience
1: on the pitch. Yeah, two. I, I feel two big players uh, for us over the last couple of months. You know, certainly prominent in our resurgent after that poor start. You know, Jeff. It's not surprised he's out for a while. You know, I thought that was a really poor tackle, uh, which went unpunished by the referee. You know, um, you know it's late. Um, no surprise to see him. Not come back out for the second half, and Anjan Rangel has been nothing short of magnificent. You know, just signed a new deal, and you know, looked like it was something to do with his hip area. So he's going to be a Yeah, big big blow. But no one knows two the little that I know them. They'll still have a big big part to play. Well, they're not playing. You know, two big characters, two big voices, vastly experienced. So whilst they can't take the pitch, maybe they can still play a part when they're in and around the building and in and around the uh, the match day squad.
0: And just a word on the fans' reaction on social media. Uh, Watto certainly deserves a lot of credit because results-wise, on the face of it, it's been disappointing return recently. But people who are going to the games or watching on QPR Plus, they can see the the effort, the the level of performance by the QPR players, and it's it the reaction has been really, really positive in a, in a bizarre way, if positive is the
2: right word. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think um, it's refreshing. Yeah, they can see the, you know, the, it's not for the, the lack of trying. I think everyone, you know, expected it to be a tough game on Saturday, which it was. Uh, Leeds, you know, on the back of, of three wins, flying high. Um, everyone knew that it was going to take some effort to, to come away with something. And even though we didn't, you know, it, we went mightily close to getting something, and the players, sorry, the fans, could certainly appreciate that, which was which was nice. Um, as you say, you know, the results-wise, it's it's strange how it's gone because obviously we're on a, a really good run. We got those two, what you know, positive draws on the road, and then it was obviously everyone was frustrated not to to then back that up against Hull. But in terms of Saturday, um, the fans could see that you know everyone had, I think, what Steve they kind of re- repeated what Steve said <clears throat> afterwards about everyone fighting until the end, which they did. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's all the fans asked for, really, that everyone puts in 100%. They did. They tried their hardest on, on Saturday. And in the end, because of one thing or another, you know, the the penalty, et cetera, it might have been, we might have been coming away with a point, which would have been a, a great point, but they can see the what's going in behind the scenes, the work that the players and the staff are putting in and hopefully we can, you know, even though we didn't get the result, the performance was certainly there.
0: Okay, I'm now delighted to say we've been joined by Darnell Furlong for the Loftcast and it's now been confirmed, Darnell, we may as well start right at the the top. It's the the main news, really, certainly from your point of view. It's been confirmed that Angel Rangel has been ruled out for a, a significant period of time. Firstly, on that side from a team perspective it's a big blow isn't it to to lose a, a player of that experience
3: yeah definitely you know he's been doing a great job you know I've been like watching the games obviously and seeing how he's been doing and all I can do is say that you know his experience has shown massively you know and he's been playing very well and it's it's a hard blow to take for not only himself personally but the team and you know you never want you never want to see a man go out to injury you know I'm, obviously I wanted to play but like I would never have wished injury on anyone and I'm sure he'll be back soon um, after his, after his uh, recovery.
0: How much have you learned from him? Because, while obviously you haven't been in the side, when the pattern of players occur and you're obviously alongside him at certain times and going through different routines, how much have you benefited from that?
3: Yeah, lots. I mean, I've obviously had to watch. I mean, even when I was injured and, you know, I'd finish my gym session or something like that, I'd come outside and watch training and, yeah, I'd see, I'd definitely see what he was doing. And I've had some amazing names and experience to learn from here, and he's up there with uh, the best. So, yeah, it was just something that while I wasn't playing, I just tried to learn and see if there was anything I could pick up. And, yeah, I've certainly done that. I suppose you never want to be out
0: of side, but if you are, it's about making the best of the situation. And did you see that as, okay, I want to be in the team, but. If while I'm out of team, I can use this as an opportunity to glean some experience and some knowledge off a player of Angel's capabilities, then
3: that's what I'll do. Yeah, because uh, when you're not playing, you almost it's a weird feeling. You you almost get the sense that you're wasting time. So the the only thing you can do is to learn in those moments. And if that is learning from who's playing, or you know, just doing the best in training, that's all that's all you can do really. So,
0: but like you say, you don't want to get into the team in that way, but making the assumption that it's you that gets the nod for Saturday against Middlesbrough. It's a, a big opportunity for you, putting Angel's situation to aside, It's for Darnell Furlong, it's a big opportunity to, to show what you're about because let's not forget at the start of the season, you were you were set to, to be the right-back before injury cruelly ruled you out at the start of the season.
3: Yeah, definitely. The The injury wasn't nice, you know, um, and to come at the time that it did as well, you know, just sort of just getting started, everything's 100 mile an hour in pre-season. You know, you're just, you're racing to get fit and everything like that. And then just within a second it had all stopped and I was told to just do nothing, do you know what I mean? So it was very difficult and, um, yeah, so obviously we don't know what's happening Saturday yet. Um, but, yeah, I'm just trying to train hard and, yeah, hope and we'll see what happens.
0: How hard has that period out been? Because it's probably harder than ever because you know you were right on the cusp of being the starter for QPR.
3: Yeah, it, it, it was really difficult, you know. When um, when, I, when I'd done it initially, uh, you know, you're just sort of praying that it's not as bad as... as uh, Uh, as first thought but um, I knew something was wrong the moment I'd done it you know and there was I'm one of them people that will always go out and try something but I knew with that and how it felt there was no way possible so I knew it was something bad from the start so I had to come to terms with it quickly I mean the first few weeks where you're doing nothing is really difficult but then once you can start doing gym sessions you start doing a bit of running it helps you to sort of feel like you're moving in the right direction so
0: You've only played, I think, three minutes of first team action this season. That was against Blackburn. How excited are you to potentially be starting against Middlesbrough on Saturday at at Loftus Road?
3: Yeah, it'd be an amazing feeling, you know, to be back out there. It, it feels like a little while because obviously we had the break before my injury. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just raring to go if if I get the nod. And um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it.
0: I'm watching from the sidelines, it's been a, a funny season, hasn't it? Obviously, it didn't start too well for us, but then there was a, a real turning point, and it does seem to show the potential within that dressing room.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you said, we, we had a struggle uh, at the start of the season, but we made some signings, uh, strengthened the team, and sort of I think then the manager's philosophy could then really be sort of shown because we had learned it for a couple of weeks now and it was on, on display, and you saw what the squad could do, you know, that run that we went on. and... Sort of if you there was a t- there was a time where if you didn't count the first four games, you know we're right up there uh, above the playoffs. Forget about trying to get into the playoffs. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, yeah, so it's it's been a funny season to watch, um, but yeah, just we've just got to try and kick on now and get back to that um, form that we had. And against
0: Middlesbrough, the the way they play, they don't score many, they don't concede many. So I think it's fair to assume it's going to be quite a tight game. Concentration is going to be absolutely key,
3: isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's always a tough game playing a big club like Middlesbrough. You know, they've got some very good players that have been there and done it and experienced players. Um, and they've got a philosophy, you know, they, they want to come down, they want to battle you, they want to fight you. But um, yeah, we've just got to be ready for the challenge and see how it goes. And from your point of view, do you feel an extra bit of almost
0: responsibility? Because you, you're you coming into a, a, certainly a back five that hasn't really changed at all in the last few months.
3: Yes, um, They've they developed a, a great understanding between them, you know. Um so yeah, coming in new it's like you have to learn that yourself. But um but yeah, I'm just I've been in training with the guys and, you know, we're just we're we're one team at the end of the day and yeah, we're just I'm just looking forward to it. You strike me as a naturally fit lad in terms of match fitness and sharpness. Any concerns there? Uh not personally, no. I mean Every champ game's hard, whether you've been playing every game all season or whether you've been out. A champ game is difficult to play, and you know physically. But yeah, and I've got I've got no worries or doubts.
0: Great stuff. Well, unless Steve McLaren goes with another option, absolutely kills our podcast here. Best of luck on Saturday. Yeah. No, no, nice thanks a lot. Cheers. Great, there to get the force of Darnell Furlong potentially an opportunity for him. Um, this weekend against Middlesbrough we'll wait to see on that Um, but this week out and about um, the players have been and you have been as well Mr Sinton Uh, Watto firstly just going to you the annual Christmas hospital visits took place uh, this week uh, with a number of the players going to Hillingdon Hospital you were there how was that?
2: Yeah brilliant I mean it's obviously not it's a strange one because you don't like seeing young kids in hospital over the Christmas period or any time Um, but yeah, it never ceases to amaze me when, you know, we turn up with the you know, the players go down there and suddenly, you know, these, these young kids who are down in the dumps and suddenly the you know, they see these QPR players arrive and suddenly instantly brings a, a smile to their face and it's really nice to see. Um, you know, at least it, it brightens up their, their day at least and um, you know, the players it's good, you know, they, they enjoy it as well, getting out and about and um you know, they enjoy being able to to give the, the kids that obviously they're having a, a difficult time um, and just seeing them you know for a, for, for a period of time um, is nice, and I think as much as the kids enjoy it, I think you know, the families enjoy it as well, so um, yeah, a really nice day, and really sort of probably one of my favorite weeks of the of the year seeing the players go and, and see the kids in the hospital
0: and interesting story regarding Tony Leisner and his wife as well every year, I understand they they 're keen to visit a, a local hospital and to buy some gifts for them for christmas and this year tony and his wife approached qpr about how they could do that where they could do that and jack Tizard, which is a school directly next to loftus road it's used by the players to park their cars on a match day and that's pretty much the only time that they're ever there and a lot of them although the, the player turnover is far less now so most of the players here know exactly the incredible work that goes on within yep. that building um throughout the week um it's a, school for children and young adults with special needs and with learning disabilities uh, and his wife by all accounts um they were quite taken aback by the work that goes on there
2: yeah no it's fantastic I mean huge credit to to Tony and his wife and I've just been looking at the the photos this morning and again similar to the you know the hospital you can see the the smiles on the the kids faces and um no it's fantastic and you know Tony testament to Tony, he's only been here you know, a few months and to go and you know show that gesture um, is fantastic and um, yeah, no, it's brilliant and um, to see, you know, you can't again sort of emphasise how much impact it has on the, the kids, I'm sure, to, to have someone like Tony and, and QPR popping in um, really brightens up their day, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely and a special credit to the people that work at Jack Tizard School all year round, it's an amazing, amazing effort and they deserve enormous credit for that. Uh, Mr. Sinton, you were at Hammersmith Hospital this week, um, and uh, you popped in to see uh, an ill supporter who's not been well of late, and uh, how did you get on?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, taking a step back Christmas for me is a fantastic time of year, you know, full of fun and enjoyment and festivities and, you know, but sometimes when you go into a hospital, you realise that certain people and certain families are really, really struggling. With one thing or another, so, uh, so yeah, with yourself, we got word of a uh, you know Paul Rodgers, lifelong QPR fan, um, hasn't been too well of late, so uh, we we went in to see him. The the, the first team player signed a shirt uh, for him because it was actually his birthday as well. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, so um, sometimes it's the least you can do, you know, and if it, it if it gives them a little bit of a cheer from what they're going through, well, that's great, but. Uh, yeah, going into the hospital visits, whether it's the Jack Tizzards we've we've picked on, which is a magnificent school, and credit the to Tony and, and all the players who went into uh, to Hillinden, You know, it's um, it's what a club is all about, and you know, it just gives a little bit of cheer to people who are in a really difficult situation at this time of the year.
0: Okay, turning our attentions back on the pitch matters, and it's uh, it doesn't get any easier, does it? Uh, I'm not even going to mention. For now, the game that comes up after Middlesbrough. We all know what that one's about. Um, But next up for QPR, it's Middlesbrough at Loftus Road. They've only lost three games all season. Um, They don't concede many. They don't particularly score many. But Tony Pulis is very effective at what he does. Middlesbrough are six in the table, at the moment. Just how tough I know we say this every every week that it's a tough test, but
1: just how difficult is this one against Borough? Yeah, another tough game, but one to look forward to. You know, we've already spoke about the Leeds game, the the positives we can take from that. We have to take that into the Middlesbrough game. We have to get back on on some sort of run. Um sometimes we've been best certainly aloft this road in previous seasons against supposedly the bigger teams. Uh, so Middlesbrough, you know, sixth, um, under Tony Pulis, you know what Tony's all about. He he comes in for a bit of stick, but he, he does get the job done in certain areas. You know, um, you know they have the best defensive record in the league. They've only staggeringly they've only conceded fourteen goals in twenty-one games. So kept eleven clean sheets. So that tells you. For me, the first goal is going to be important on Saturday. Mm-hmm. If we get it, they've got to come out. If they get it. I think Tony's team's... Are Shop will, will be closed. <laughs> Tony's team's are well-adept of sitting in and saying, come on and break us down and that leaves might leave the door open. So, uh, so yeah, but, you know, one to look forward to and uh, no reason why we can't get the Loftus Road. You know, decent crowd and get back on their winning ways.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at their, their stats and they're certainly a very difficult team to beat. Uh, only lost three games all, all season. They've only lost one in their last 10. But conversely, Watto... Sorry, they've only yeah they've only lost one of their last ten. But on the flip side of that, they've only won three of the last nine. So recently, they're very difficult to beat have been all season. But recently, they haven't been winning too many games. So I don't know what we take from that. I'm just throwing these yeah, stats out. Yeah, no you. thanks.
2: No, it's it's funny how you you can flip these like you know the stats round which way you, depending which way you want to play it because you know we you get teams where they go unbeaten for. Eight games and brilliant. We've been unbeaten, unbeaten mm. for eight games, and then you suddenly lose the one, and then suddenly, oh, you've only won one. In <laughs> yeah, right, many. Yeah. It, it completely depends which way you look at it. So, as you say, I think what you take from that is they're hard to beat. Um, but yeah, they've they've only, as you say, they've only won three of their last nine. So they're not perhaps in their the greatest form they've been in this season, which presents a perhaps an opportunity for us. Um, and I think yeah, pretty much what what Sinsa said. You know, it's going to be a a tough game as we knew this sort of mini run would be with Leeds Borough and um and Forest afterwards. So I think again it yeah, it's, it sounds like it could be a, a tight one and um and since said the first goal could be all important.
0: Since uh, sixth in the table as I said, promotion absolutely the aim for Tony Pulis would you think?
2: Oh it would have to be. I think that
1: was his um that was his remit from Steve Gibson. You know, it's a it's a big club, well supported club, you know, got the playoffs last year. out So I think they're looking. If you look at the money they've spent over the last couple of seasons, if you look at the players they've got in their squad, you know it's packed with experience, packed with quality. So yeah, I would have thought they they'll certainly be looking to go up. But you know it's so tight. There's some teams up there. You know where you you haven't got any given right to be where you are. But yeah, Middlesbrough be looking to go up uh, this season. But you know coming back to the game Saturday, Loftus Road. Get behind the team and let's see if we can get better winning ways.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, fingers crossed we can get back to winning ways since. Thanks for joining us and you as well, Watto. We'll be back next week to reflect on that game against Borough and look ahead to our trip to Nottingham Forest. Could this year be the year? Thanks for listening to the (laughs) Loftcast.